podcast where two buds talk trash about the tv shows that they listen to sometimes wow i've done this intro so many times i just you know you're here we're like almost halfway through the first season no we're not we're like a quarter of the way through the first season we're first we talk shit about tv shows i'm alex and i'm ethan we're gonna make sure the rest of this episode's better than this intro it goes oh, a lot, boy. along a lot more smoothly this is definitely going to date the time that we recorded this, but can we blame it on coronavirus? Sure. <laughs> cool. How you been, Ethan? I'm good. Just just researching my memes currently, you know. Why are you researching memes? Because of the coronavirus thing. Oh. <laughs> There's too many good ones to pass up on this. Gotta stay on top of it. I got yep. it. Nope. <laughs> Other than that, I've been watching a lot of TV. And what? Yeah. It's kind of what I do, you know? Hmm weird gonna be checking out some video games here shortly too so i just uh learned about code vein oh and yeah it's very anime yeah i've <laughs> i've heard of it and i need to download it but currently i to to continue isolation issues i've mm-hmm. i've decided to to purchase stardew valley on the switch so <gasps> oh switch now... never mind screw you what it's portable i can be whatever. isolated we can be in playing room it together room. whatever you just don't want to spend time with me ethan it's fine it's fine i can buy it again it's only 15 bucks <laughs> are you kidding that's like three whole coffees i can't survive without my three whole coffees i don't know I, those are some expensive coffees hey what did i make you watch you made me watch a little show called borderline and what yeah. did i have you watch i watched dollface yeah Okay, high, are you going to take the high or the low that I liked it? Hmm. I feel like it's a solid 50% one way or the other. <laughs> are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of guy? I want to be half full, but I'm always decently skeptic sometimes when I give you shows, so. We'll, it's kind we'll of a mixed find... bag, right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> it's literally a toss-up any point in time I give you a show. I mean, heck, I've given you shows that I'm like, oh, she's absolutely going to love this, and she's like... No, absolutely not. I'm so picky. And like, there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, there is, but like, there, it's hard to rec- recommend shows to me because I just, I, I'm me. Mm-hmm. I, I think you liked Borderline. I don't think it's your favorite show, but I think you enjoyed it. That'd be my guess. Interesting. Okay. Well, should we just kick into it then or jump into so. it? Yeah. Sure. Uh, do, should I go first, or do you want to go first? Looks like you have your notes and everything. Go for it, my buddy. I mean, yeah, I've got notes here. Not a whole lot. It's just the thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just uh, I, like I said, I got to watch a show called Borderline. And the best way I can express this show, it is a British comedy. It's a UK comedy show about, uh, I think it's a Northern Ireland airport that... Uh, it's all about the crew that works the border patrol through an airport. So customs, all that jazz, very office-like because it is a mockumentary. They are addressing the cameras and the cameras and the narrator are following them on a day-to-day life. So a little bit of different sense that they actually have a narration to it. Kind of like it is an ongoing 
interview or documentation of how things are going. I thought it was very uh, like Planet Earth or yeah, a, it, or British Bake Off. Like just they mm-hmm. have narration to fill up those gaps. Mm-hmm, exactly to do the transitions rather than just like cutting to a scene here and there. And so the first episode, it's very much about what these crew, what this crew is about, or what they're like. So we obviously have the leading uh, inspector, which is. Uh, Her name is Lead Inspector Proctor, I believe. I don't remember her first name. She's she's effectively the Michael of this situation. She's got everyone in a team meeting, and they're issuing out the new policy set down by the administration, which is (laughs) which is to help procure safety. That they need to. uh, Oh dang! It's the three O's, which stand for. I was just thinking about this, too. I was just joking about this with Joaquin. I was like, oh, I can't even remember the three O's. Um, <laughs> I, and um, I couldn't tell you either. I didn't watch it this week. It's, it's a bad co-host. Oh, man. It was it was anything. It was the, It's anything, but it's out of the ordinary. <laughs> so the three, or, three O's, out of the ordinary. And so, and immediately, which... Uh, the girl, uh, the character's name is Andy, and she's very funny. She's kind of like a gym almost, but she's like, ah, so we're profiling. <laughs> and she's like, what? No, no, we're not profiling. It's just that if there's anything out of the ordinary we to procure safety, we have to result from that. And so <laughs> they go along the way of like, oh, yeah, this is definitely like some sort of bad profiling type thing that's going to obviously get people in trouble or something like that. So. Uh, there's one guy, he definitely is kind of like the, the, maybe not prejudiced, but he is the person that definitely pro profiles and things looks at the stereotypes because he has already procured someone that is like in a turban and everything. And is like, ah, so we're, so we're just looking for anyone with turbans or something like that. And so it goes with that joke that he's trying to prove that he's not racist or anything like that. Uh, turns out they also... Another guy named Clive, who seems like a very positive, just kind of like dopey, uh, sheltered person. I feel like if Clive got too much stress, he would definitely go postal or something like that. <laughs> he he just looks like a nervous wet blanket or something like that. <laughs> but he's happy-go-lucky. He actually did uh, procure someone and found uh, some cocaine on him. And so... He's also a DJ, which leads to another guy. He actually works there, but he also is a, a DJ on the side. So he's trying to list off his SoundCloud and say, hey, by the way, you guys can catch me here if you want. So when they first introduce him, you know, he's, you know, a security person. And then they add slash DJ performer <laughs> at the end of it as well, too, um, along with his DJ handle name and stuff. Uh, then... They're going across that. They like to play a little back and forth because they have this one uh, profile that they don't really want to write a report on or inspect on, I guess, because Andy has hands them off to one guy and then it's like tag your it with the file. So they like run off as soon as they hand the file over like, hey, can you look at this for me real quick? You're it. And then <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, got me. And so he hands it off to Clive while he's on the toilet. So he's like, oh, oh you got me good. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, and he's like, oh, uh, are you still there? And he's already run off at that point in time. It's just him in the stall with a piece of paper on the ground. <laughs> so um, 
yeah i thought it was really funny the funny thing i saw though i recognized the person they detained for the cocaine that was the dj because that is Ratface from um from fleabag so oh my god you're right (laughs) yeah he just doesn't have the prosthetic teeth so he could actually speak you know (laughs) i was like hey Ratface. (laughs) i know that one i know that guy uh, that's that's a callback for anyone who's been listening everyone there you go <laughs> We're, we've been doing this long enough to have callbacks Yay! there you go check mark <laughs> uh if not go back to that episode and listen to it and hear what we have to say about Ratface. um yeah. yeah um but yeah it was a very straightforward episode there it wasn't very long from what i could tell like i just watched it you know just a little bit ago but it was fairly quick quick-witted and funny and yeah, I there's nothing really that per se stood out to me as much, but I did think it was funny. Uh, we had this lead inspector woman. She's, you know, kind of micromanaging, standing over the shoulder of someone. And she's like, oh, you got to see if there's anything out of the ordinary. You just let that guy go go by. He's like, well, well yeah, he he just was coming back into into the state or the country. And she's like, OK, well, you mind if I uh, tag along on this one and guys from Denmark he has literally like no like suspicious activity or anything like he's just a plain Jane and she's like you 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 can go right ahead <laughs> and so she, the it's definitely from the point of view from the inspector and she's Proctor she's just trying to do the best by everything and then <laughs> she goes down to the packaging people and is like I need you to guys be my eyes and ears on this side and they're both um middle eastern and so they're like oh because we're muslim you think that we're going to be able to you know rat out to you know people he's like what no and then one of the suitcase or luggage people he's just like i'm not muslim it's just that that guy's really intense and i don't want to tell him i'm not muslim because he's a very angry person (laughs) this guy is so mellow compared to this like really gangster thug wannabe yeah Yeah. like hey what what up and this other one has like glasses and a little rounder just kind of like nods along goes with it because it's just so much easier right (laughs) exactly he's just like i'm i'm not muslim i'm (laughs) he he says he's he's like i'm i'm from like chester or something like that or other (laughs) he's just like i'm not even i'm not even muslim or something like that so he uh and then the other guy that did profile, he's trying to ask people to translate for him because he can't ask him questions because he only speaks Arabic. And so he's goes over to uh, the guy's name is Tariq. So he's he, oh, Tariq. he asks Tariq. Yeah, I think the guy's name was Grant. And he's like, hey, Tariq, you, you can you uh, help my guy? I need uh, someone to speak Arabic. He's like, you think I speak Arabic? I just speak English. He's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm from Egypt. Oh, oh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> just try to cover his ass and stuff like that. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, the the crew is a lot of fun. I think it definitely takes a little bit. It's that dry humor, obviously. Very much like I said with The Office or any of these other kind of mockumentary shows where they're interacting with the people and it's just supposed to be kind of like more live feed per se. Um, uh, Grant eventually uh finds out that clive speaks arabic and 
starts asking him questions and then he lets the guy go because he finds out he likes oasis because he has an oasis shirt packed in his suitcase and he's like oh you like oasis oh wow and so grant's learned a valuable lesson not to judge a book by his cover because they both like the band oasis (laughs) and then proctor at the end of it gets a memo sent down from administration that based off of everyone else's complaints about the moral ambiguity of the uh out of the ordinary uh clause or or policy that they've rescinded it and so she's like yeah guys good job you know asking those questions and stuff like that even though she was definitely going along with it without any sort of you know cause or concern or questionability about it and so i don't remember she says at the end of it but she's just like yep sometimes you just have to question authority and make sure that it's done right and then she says something political at the end that obviously is definitely more UK based than it is like US, but I can't mm-hmm. remember what it is. But yeah. I, I so. feel bad. There's something about like shows like this, Parks and Rec, even Always Sunny. While they're really mm-hmm. good episodes and they're fun to listen to or, or watch importantly, more importantly, that it's it's a weird structure to describe, right? Because yeah. you have like these mm-hmm. three interlocking story themes going on at the same time Mm -hmm. but they all kind of jump around so it's like really hard to describe the episode as a whole i have my thoughts but like what how did you feel about it as a whole so so i mean i really enjoyed it it definitely kind of like any of these work-based kind of like shows or anything where it's not really like an ongoing plot throughout the entire episode it's just like a situation that they're dealing with you know and then they work around it or whatnot it definitely gives me a sense of like how my job is or how other people work in any type of fields like this like Clive for example his whole thing is he loves working there because he took a test when he was school one time and that said he should do that so he said okay (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like wow if that isn't like how anyone feels like about their job whatsoever is like well I was told to do this job so sure why not or it's like something you actually went into and like Tariq, uh, it was actually kind of like associates with the DJ that got pulled over for cocaine. And he even made the joke. He's like, wow, I never thought I'd say this, but I actually do enjoy this job more than I would enjoying cocaine or something like that or being a DJ. Mm-hmm. And he's like surprised he would ever say that. <laughs> so there's growing moments for everyone. Um, Andy's character, she's definitely like the class clown or she doesn't take the job serious per se none of them really do except proctor and maybe clive but um they all like to have fun and she's just like i mean i've been here for like three years now and i mean it isn't anything crazy but at the same time it's not like i love the job or anything like that so she's just taking it you know half-hearted like most people that work in a job they're like and i'm not crazy about the job but i'll do it so yeah I think I think it spoke to me that way. I binged both seasons within two days. I won't lie. I like watched every episode when I first saw it because it kind of did fill that hole of I wanted something Office Parks and Rec like I wanted something Arrested Development like mm-hmm. and it filled it for the time being. Yeah. Although I can mm-hmm. say after binging it in two days, I remember very little. Like there's some episodes that, that jump out at me, but like as a whole, I don't remember too yeah. much because it as was a, as a pilot. It doesn't carry a whole lot per se for sure well i'd say that's um, the same kind of energy the rest of the show has 
as a whole. Yeah. What I really liked about it, and not necessarily that it was necessarily done well, but what I really liked about it was seeing a female in Michael's role and seeing a female in Jim's role. Because it is right. such a, it is really a carbon copy of The Office. Mm-hmm. A lot of those dynamics yeah. are very, very, very similar. But seeing yep. a female Jim was really fun for me. And even having the, the, the kind of clumsy female boss, because usually you see female bosses as being really put together and mm-hmm. not having any issues or organized. And their problems are that they're too organized, that they're too controlling. And she's just kind of a hot mess. Right. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that, that it was kind of more the forefront, like, you know, they were trying to make this as diverse as they could, because it's obviously, even though it's based in the UK, I feel like they typically try to do a better job of diversifying a cast or crew than anything else. Because, I mean, you've got two, like, two strong female roles to begin with, and then you have the luggage crew that are either uh, of some ethnicity or... Uh, uh, Middle Eastern descent, and then you have um, Tariq, who's Egyptian, and then you have like maybe two white m- men characters. Mm-hmm. You have you have Clive, and you have Grant, and you have like the one that's like a true asshole and like demeaning and maybe a chauvinist or something like that. And then you have Clive, who's like the cinnamon bun of like the show. That's just like you can't take him seriously because of how like positive he is. He's like Kevin from like Third Rock from the Sun <laughs> or something like that. I, I, and I think Grant kind of fills in that, that um, Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec role. Mm-hmm. Just the yeah. bearded, tough around the edges, maybe a little ignorant. Or, mm-hmm. or I think Ron Swanson is never ignorant. He's just willfully Ron. Willfully stubborn. <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> or, and as the show goes on, I remember thinking, like, oh, God, so they're going to paint Grant to be this really dumb kind of character. And he's his own little sweet cinnamon role, too. It's just... His issue is almost like he was never taught these things. And so you see him learn things on the job of like, oh, yeah, right. you, you don't judge a book by its cover. You don't do these mm. things because not everyone's like that. And exactly. I think you don't see a lot of growth in those characters usually. Usually they're like that and they're like that for their whole show because that's their gimmick. This this character really has a lot of kind of a point almost every episode of learning something new about why you don't do a thing, which then also teaches the audience, hey, you don't do this thing. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I mean, the characters can be a little one dimensional, obviously, when you're doing a pilot like this, because even though they're spending time in front of the camera and doing like confessionals or anything like that, typically a lot of the times when they're in front of the camera, they're there for the comedic effect of delivering like a one liner about a situation prior. Mm -hmm. And obviously a lot of shows we know that have had this format, they get a lot deeper in the show. But when you have those first couple of episodes, you need to like drive home the jokes to see if people will click with it or think it's funny and stuff like that. So yeah, like I said, I mean, I watched this, you know, today's evening right now. And I watched this like kind of like first thing I got up in the morning. So maybe my brain wasn't all the way there (laughs) yet, but I remembered most of it. But at the same time, there wasn't anything too like outrageous or like one linery that I remembered as much. I kind of recall things as I go through, like they're playing truth and dare on their breaks because Proctor made the joke. He's like, well, we take, or the narrator is like, they, they're always so busy that they have to even focus when they're on their work breaks and stuff like that. And it cuts to them, to, to Rock, Clive, and Andy just playing truth or dare. And Clive doesn't know if he wants to say truth or dare. So he's just like, oh, truth. Oh, but if you make me say something, oh. I'll dare, but I don't really want to like, do oh, anything. Dare, doing weird. Don't make me do anything weird. And it's like, what if you tell, ask me 
what if you ask me and he's like ask me who my least favorite person is at work and they just like oh i shouldn't have had you ask me that (laughs) so he's just like oh he's so uncomfortable like just an awkward awkward guy and again very sweet very positive but boy is he missing some cues a lot of the time i think his his Mm -hmm. attempt at tagging people back too is like can you look at this no i'm not gonna look at this you should just no just because she yeah (laughs) he's going back to andy with it and andy's like and and she's the one that started it all so she's definitely like hey you remember that person that we picked up from like brussels he smells like burnt cheese no never heard of that guy oh well hey hey can you look at this file for me real quick no no i'm busy no No. and so he like just like throws it at her at her shoulder and is like you're it (laughs) and it's just like okay you you failed buddy but uh a for effort spirits in the right place a little confused but spirits in the right place Mm -hmm. yeah it's Mm -hmm. he just he just wants to be part of the gang i i think this is gonna be a show that i turn to recommend to people who are like who do like the office and do like this sense of humor i like that they did away with the confessional part of it and have this narrator because the narrator is very serious right it's it's what you'd expect Mm -hmm. in a documentary talking about it exactly but then they have the the super cut that superimposes it that makes it super irrelevant Mm -hmm. and i think that's a nice touch i think it's a good reverse of how like even arrested development did it obviously because the narrator's in on the jokes a lot of the times Mm -hmm. too because you know ron howard's always like it's not or he didn't know (laughs) that no footage stuff like that yeah (laughs) yep the narrator here is like oh i'm taking this super serious because we are looking at the inside of like governmental workings (laughs) or something like that so but yeah i i i did enjoy it um but i don't think it was like a very obviously strong pilot or strong show i might go back and watch it just because it's quick and to the point it's only like 20 or 30 minutes long so it's not a whole lot of time when you watch it so not a big investment like you said you probably turned it on and just finished it in a couple of days well and it's a uk show so the seasons are short Mm -hmm. exactly pretty quick and easy to get through so i think i'm in the same boat where i'll probably pop it on just to like while i'm doing something or other and then i might see where i'm at at the end of it so i feel like i keep recommending shows to you that are good background shows which may go to say like Mm -hmm. how i spend my time these days is like i don't have (laughs) the time to sit and really dedicate to a good show but i'm able to find ones that are at least enjoyable to have in the background while you're doing three five six other things yeah if you hear a joke in there then that's yeah. all you need. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, oh, oh, quippy one ladder. Nice. And then continue nice. on with the rest of what you're doing. <laughs> so out of, let's see, 20 airplanes. 20 airplanes. Oh, geez, that's a lot of airplanes. How many airplanes um, would you give this? Well, that's definitely a lot more airplanes than that airport gets in a day, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I would say I would give it a solid 15 out of 20. Oh, okay. Mm, maybe, maybe 12. Okay, that's that's more what I expected. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a twelve out of twelve out of twenty. It's like All a right. solid B, B minus, yeah, or a C plus. Fairly C plus. average. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <sighs> Do you want to know about Dollface? Yeah, tell me about Dollface. I need I need all your insight into this show. For, for I'll, I'll kind of give it a discretionary. I I felt this would be a good girl power show to to. <laughs> for for you so we'll see what your thoughts are <laughs> the on amount it. of discomfort as you like 
declared that was good. I think, like, yeah. you, you, you all can probably hear it in the voice, but, like, seeing just this face slowly fall as he says those words out loud was pretty yeah. good. Just, uh, just trying to be positive here. <laughs> <laughs> Doing your best. So I keep waffling on if I think the show is genius or if I fucking hate it. Mm. I, I watched it a week ago and wrote notes down, and they pack a lot in the first few minutes. Where usually, so my process when I take notes, it tends to be that a show that's about a half hour long, which is what Dollface is, mm-hmm. I get up one page of notes. Well, that's fine. When it gets mm-hmm. to be that hour long, I have two pages. This was almost a page and a half. And the first mm-hmm. half of the first page was done within the first five, ten minutes. It was I actually wrote a, mar- a minute marker on it. It's like ten minutes can, in. Can I, can I guess why? Is it because of all the metaphors they throw at your face right at the very beginning? Yeah, a little bit. Um, and it was like I was trying to keep track of what might be important in the future. And it was so hard to tell what was Family Guy one-off and what was actually important Foreshadowing or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I knew it was a comedy. It's, it's a weird genre because it's funny, but also not. <laughs> and it's serious, but also not. not. Like I, I can't quite get a pulse on what their genre is. Besides the fact that it was written by a woman, Jordan Weiss, Weiss. And actually, she wrote an episode of Harley Quinn, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. And she wrote, it, it was a seat at the table. So ah, I'm not sure so. if it makes it in the cut of the final Harley Quinn, but we were talking about seat at the table yeah. uh, in the future. But uh, and the director of the show, I, I think this is interesting. And for people who might get some context, if you haven't seen Dollface, but have seen this indie movie, it's directed by Matt Spicer, who did Ingrid Goes West. And it has Aubrey Plaza in it. And Mm -hmm. it's about her stalking someone on Instagram to try to become her best friend. Yep. It is a very... It's probably one of the better indie movies I've seen in a while. I say indie. Like, I know it hit theaters, but also didn't have a huge lifespan. To me, it fits very much in the mid-2000s indie genre, even though it just came out a few years ago. It definitely does, yeah. Um, And then, like, the main character is Kat Dennings, who we all... No one love for Pat Dennings. She was in Charlie Bartlett, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. She actually voices in Big Mouth. And most recently, I think her last like big, big hit besides Thor was that she was in Two Broke Girls, which was a sitcom that lasted like two seasons. But the show... <sighs> oh, here come the struggle grunts. <laughs> I, I feel like my biggest disclosure on this is I'm not the target audience, despite being... A white female that's <gasps> gasp gasp uh i don't really like chick stuff i am what the show would consider a guy's girl and okay i just need to get through this fucking plot because there's so much stuff i want to talk <laughs> about as far as social context goes and why we have these terms for everybody yeah so, break it down break down the story i, I feel like the simplest way is kind of the same treatment as i did harley quinn here it's it's a pretty easy story this girl gets broken up with her boyfriend who does it in a jackass kind of way where they're eating brunch and he's just like, I don't love you anymore. And then they're driving the car and they're still kind of talking about this. And it turns out that he's going to go live with his sister for a little bit while she moves out of his place. And he's like, well, now you can go back to doing other things. Like what? I've spent half a decade with you, spending every day with you. You know, like hanging out with other women. And I'm like, okay, there it is. Like that's your first five minutes, first three minutes. Got it. That's the plot. She's going to go reconnect with women. Ooh, raw. Got it. Ooh, fucking raw. And we'll get into metaphors here soon. But so then she 
goes to hang out with her friends, but turns out she's been spending every day with this guy for five years. She's let her friendships kind of deteriorate. And you find out that her friends are super pissed off at her for it, and that a lot of shit has gone down over the course of, you know, these five years that she's missed out on. But she's trying real desperately to re- make these reconnections with her friends, because it's like that those are the only people she can really do that with. Rather than making new friends, it's just that she's going to try and force the reconnection with old friends who she went to undergrad with. Yep. Madison is the main friend, and then there's another friend named Stella. There's three of them that are kind of the main characters. Madison and Kat Denning's character, named Jules, were the closest. Madison started making friends with Stella. They joined a sorority together. They partied together. That just wasn't Jules' scene. So Jules started dating this guy, kind of drops out of their life. Just It seemed like there was a lot of tension around the three of them. They just didn't like the same things. But now that she's back, Madison's pissed to see her. Stella seems pretty chill, though. Like, Stella has this perspective, like, she thought Jules hates her. She's like, I, I don't really hate you. It's just that you got along better with Madison than I did. And they have this... It's nice to see not girl fighting happening over jealousy over Madison. And that Stella's like, oh, you want to be back in our lives? Okay, sure. Here's here's how we do it. And it's like supporting this person when the other friend won't. And I think it's a necessary character for the story to continue. Yeah. Where you already have two girls fighting. You have Madison and Jules fighting. You can't add a third girl who's jealous of this other one coming in. There has to be some kind of semblance of wholesome goodness in the world. Yeah. For this trio. Gotta be a balance. Yeah. So uh, Stella recommends that they go to a party because Jules hates parties, but Madison loves parties. And that's the perfect way to, f- to ask for forgiveness. Sure, I guess you're trying to write a fucking plot. <laughs> and they go to this party. Yay, good. They have some jokes again, which I'll get into in a minute of just why I don't like this show. They have these cute girl bonding moments and they're getting ready to leave. Two, it's like basically two separate, the work friends and the friend friends met up together. They were dancing together. Woo, yay. Stella has to go to the bathroom. Madison's like, okay, let's go to the bathroom. Jules, you coming? And Jules is like, why would I come? That's dumb. Like, why do we all always have to go to the bathroom together? And Madison's like, okay, yeah, everything girls do are dumb. It's just dumb, dumb, dumb. Got it. Has to chase Madison. Has to chase Stella. Turns out Stella gets into a white van with a creepy old guy. Oh no, we have to find Stella. They walk outside, they're kind of talking up a plan. Madison goes back inside to talk to the bartender to see if he knew or they knew who Stella ran off with. A whole reoccurring joke in this episode is that Jules cleans when she's upset. So now she's out in the street by herself. There's a garbage can that is completely overflown. She's picking stuff up. And then, of course, the ex-boyfriend shows up. And she's like, oh, actually, I'm here with friends. And he's like, sure you are, Jan. Sounds good. And she's like, no, no, she's just inside. And he's kind of being a dick and... And saying, you don't have to make up stuff. You can just come home. It'll be okay. We'll, we'll get you home just fine. And then the friend comes out, talks a bunch of shit to him, scares him off. And Jules also recognizes, like, no, wait, my friend's actually saying legit stuff about you because you are a dick. And I realize that I've been a shitty friend for a really long time. If I'm going to leave here with anybody, it's going to be with my friend, not with you. So they get a lift and they leave. Find out some more drama stuff that she's missed. Madison's mom died question mark got really sick at the very least got really sick and the reason i have like the died question mark is is because the way she's talking about it has this element of she took time off work i called you i really needed you and it kind of trails off so it has this like big question mark of oh god did she get better or she just really sick and this all happened last year kind of situation they end up finding stella with uncle joey from full house at jimmy buffett's restaurant and margaritaville she is pitching hot nursing home which is a great fucking idea she's talking to, isn't it they're talking to uncle joey about how it makes no sense that we, we retire when we're old because we should really go 
go live in Florida, quit our jobs, and get freaky in group homes when we're young, and then work when we're old and we have nothing better to do. And what I can say is I, I think Stella's my favorite character. I think they did a real good job of writing a party girl that's smart, that isn't catty, and just seems to really be confident in herself. Like, there's a lot of sexual innuendos yeah. or jokes um, that she really leads into. So, like, at one point, all three friends are like, oh, yeah. Madison and Jules, you got a matching shirt. Where was I during that? With the lifeguard on the ski doo? Ah, yeah, the blowjob. The blowjob, yeah. <laughs> junior year was a lot junior of fun. Year was, <laughs> junior year was crazy. <laughs> and like just kind of leans into it. And and that's something yeah. that I really like seeing as written female characters. It's something I've, I'm doing a rewatch of Friends most recently. Phoebe is a very sexual character that I never learned or never really realized as a kiddo. But if you go and like watch everything, it's like, no... Phoebe's freaky and really real free loving, and that's awesome to see and like see someone who really accepts that and isn't shamed for it. So same thing with Stella, just yeah. like has has a lot of these really power lines of yeah, nope, I'm gonna get freaky. Sounds good. Close out this this plot. The two friends, Stella and Madison, go back home. Jules goes home to her ex boyfriend's place. Turns out like, there's like this moment earlier on in the episode where Jules is like, remember this matching shirt we have? And Madison's like, I threw that out three years ago. And immediately I'm like, you're a lying bitch. It's in the bottom of your drawer. And guess what? It's the bottom of her fucking drawer. And she picks it out at the end of the episode. Boom, bang, pow. That's where's it that to went bed? to bed. And that's it. Like, that's the episode. I know I skipped over some parts for people who like Dollface. Like, I skipped over the fact that Jules works for a company named Womb. W-O-O-M. And they're selling... <laughs> anus crystals like <laughs> very much poking fun at white culture like i, I can't uh, what was the word i, I cracked up it was probably the best Makundu? M- the Makundu. Makundu. Uh, they didn't like the name of it so we changed it to Makundu. like oh yeah so what's that mean oh it still means anus just in swahili because you know white people because <laughs> white people won't look <laughs> <Yeah>. that up <laughs> and and it's like so it's, it has some real pointed statements there's a point where early again early in the episode her and madison are talking about like girl stuff and what's dumb and what's not dumb and madison's trying to really encourage her to you know you need a friend group you need you need a bunch of girls you can rely on and they there's like this pack of girls in athletic wear and and they go up to say hi like oh this is my squad and jules has this what i thought was a really poignant line of like yeah but at what point is it just that we're influenced by society to think that we need to have a squad and that really it's just us finding other women who are our level of attractiveness and then they interrupt with, actually, this is the second squadron, battalion, blah, blah, blah. So-and-so over there took two bullets for me. Commander Carol died in my arms. And I, I was like, okay, okay, cool. Sweet, I guess. We have this moment of female mm-hmm. military people. Cool. Yeah. But like the, it ends at the very end in a point that I do not like because I do have military family of the girl who took two bullets saying, it's all my fault she died. And you can tell like it's a part of the joke. That, the, that these women yeah. are military people and that they've been through a lot of shit and that it, it's all my fault is a line we hear from military, but that's a very real and valid emotion and scary and something that civilians don't fucking know. And I can't comment yeah. on Jordan Weiss's or Weiss's military history or military family or anything like that. I just thought that was in super bad taste uh, compared to the statement that she was trying to make. I feel like they try to use Jules as a very poignant and smart character, obviously. Like, she's outside. What they're kind of, I think, obviously doing with this is it's a weird satire they're trying to do with, 
like I said, with the girl power or like, you know, just just female culture mm-hmm. in general. And she's kind of like the outlier that's poking the fun at it. But then they undermine her solid points on those notions by giving like a like a joke underneath it to like backslide into the humor that they're trying to do so like you said like she like she made that good point it's like well why do we have to be called squads and stuff for like societal things and then they're like uh no we're military this is our like battalion Mm -hmm. squad blah 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 it's like i think it would have been funnier if they would have been like deep thought like oh my god, you're so right, like, why do we have to, and then they have, like, an infight thing yeah. or something happen there, just because she's uprooting things. That would be, I think, in my opinion, a little bit funnier. I think but, so, too. And I think again. what you just described, too, is, is the idea that they're undermining Jules every chance they have as as a writing team, as, as a scene. Like, I don't think the only time Jules is supported as a character is when she goes the way that women should be empowered. Like, what this one person views women empowerment is. So, like, when Ethan mentioned, like, so let me guess, the first half of your page is the metaphor. Here's the metaphor that ends up happening. She breaks up her boyfriend. Boyfriend gets her a kiss, says, okay, it's time for you to hang out with other women. And she looks down in her hand, and there's a ticket. But instead of a greyhound, it's a cat. And there's a bus that shows up. It opens the door. And I think this was a really important moment, or at least a really pivotal thing for the teaser trailer. There is an animated CGI cat driving the bus. Like, oh, what, you've never seen an old lady or an old cat lady before? get on the bus and there's a bunch of women crying sobbing tissue boxes eating ice cream we just bought a kayak and jules is very uncomfortable because here are these women who are like expressing emotion and clearly you get the idea that jules is not an emotional person not like this not someone to come find comfort within other women goes up to the front starts talking to the old cat lady trying to be like oh wait no this was a mistake Oh, no, 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 sweetie, it wasn't a mistake, because what's happened is that you spent too much time with your dude, so we're here to help you get back to women. And at this point, I'm like, okay, you know, that's a solid point. Uh, as, as a girl, I, mean, I think everyone has this point where you have a friend who gets a partner, and suddenly you don't mean anything. You're a chopped liver, because they have this love of their life mm-hmm. that will never go away, and then they break up, and they come crawling back to you, your friend, because that's what friends do. Unconditional love is super duper important. And you see some of that, too, as the bus eventually gets to the terminal and you see a bunch of girls with signs and like, welcome back. We missed you. OK, be sure to exit. This terminal is only for women finding their friends after a breakup. This terminal is only for women finding their friends after a breakup. And of course, Jules has no one to pick her up. But going back to the bus scene and talking about like, well, I want to get off. Oh, no, no, no. You don't get off. Well, what do you mean? Well, you just you don't get off. But then seconds later, someone gets like run to the front of the bus. I need off of this bus right now. And the cat lady's like, okay, like, sweet. You just literally say we can't get off. But cool. Awesome. Nice. Well, opens the door. But it was to point out. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, yeah, you go it on. It opens the door and it's like this one little scary stop called Rebound Town. And she runs to the arms of this guy who's a total schlub. He's like, hey. I still live with my mom. You want to get married? And the girl like looks back and she's hugging this guy and like smiling at the bu- or at the bus, closes the door. So it's like, yeah, if you get off this, you're just going to go to someone else who maybe not be a good fit for you. Uh, I'm not going to shame someone for living with their fucking parents. I get the message that they're trying to deliver that he's someone that does not have a job, that fucking millennial humor, I guess. Um, and that's like the other thing. Ending up with the, the last person. I just, I feel like... This was a show written for millennials by someone who maybe hates millennials. Maybe yeah. hates a strong word. It's just like, it yeah. felt like there's millennial like, at, poking fun at millennials. And I'm like, why? I'm sick of this. I would definitely agree with that because I watched it all within like two days because it's only like 10 episodes long. 
but the the jokes they continually make are like i said i feel like they were trying to do a satire thing with the metaphors and everything that they're doing that's why it's hard to tell if it's like trying to take itself too seriously or if it's trying to like be a comedy because satire is a weird ballpark and some people just don't understand it correctly i think some people don't know how to fucking write it (laughs) yeah that's why i don't write satire myself i enjoy seeing it but i don't like comment on it (laughs) other than now apparently uh but yeah with the rest of the show they definitely have like all this stuff going on i feel like it is a very kind of like you know social positive for the most part but they definitely like to crack jokes a lot at the expense of current societal cultures or like populations or fads or anything like that so they're definitely trying to use i'd say if i watch this in 10 years i feel like a lot of the jokes are going to go out of taste because they won't age well and it will be too specific of a joke that they make about certain things yeah Oh, so so I guess this technically happens before Rebound Town, but it doesn't matter. Fuck it. The other comment that gets made is like, well, if you get off the bus, that you could also always be a, a guy, a girl, guy's girl. Yeah, a guy's girl. Yeah. And you look out into this desert scene because it's based in L.A. You look into this desert scene and it's a bunch of really pretty thin women going, you want a shotgun a beer? I love video games. Hey, can we get some wings? I love sports. Want a shotgun a beer? And it's... And they're all wearing sports jerseys, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just it... sports jerseys. <laughs> and, okay, so here's... <laughs> <laughs> search, search your feelings, Alex. You know uh... it to be true. Okay, so here's the thing. As a girl, this is like the most important thing I could probably speak on. As a girl, every girl that I know went through this phase of, I'm not a girly girl. I'm a tomboy. I'm a guy's girl. Because we have a way of villainizing feminine girls, right? If you mm-hmm. like pink, if you like heels, if you like makeup, that means you are there for men to objectify you and you are bad. You are upholding all the ideals that society has said that women must be. So to be cool, to stand out, you have to be a guy's girl. Backing this up a little further, I have another rant about PSL and Uggs and how women get branded as basic bitches for liking pumpkin spice lattes and Uggs. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. Men who control marketing, which sounds like a conspiracy theory, but no, most marketing is controlled by men. <laughs> White men. <laughs> Sorry, Ethan, throw you under the bus, bud. There it is. Nah, it happens all the time. I'm good with it. Um, that, hey, white women. <laughs> women of a certain middle class upper, uh, what's the word I want to look for? It starts with an echelon. A. It doesn't matter. Echelon? Maybe that's it. There it is. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, you want Uggs. You want pumpkin spice lattes. They purposely market it so that way women want these things as identifiers. And then when they start enjoying them, they villainize them for it. Oh, you like Uggs? Oh, you like PSLs? You're a basic bitch. You can't think for yourself. Because you fucking told us to like these things. And now that we like them, we can't. We're bad guys. We're not smart. We're not good because you made these really comfy shoes and really tasty lattes. It's awful. It's an awful, awful, awful system to be a part of. So now we have this thing where what's happening. We're watching the satire. I think you're right. This is, I, I, I missed it the first time because in my opinion, it's poorly written. It's a satire. And it's poorly written. I shouldn't be so judgmental. I do not like the writing of this show. It does not necessarily make it poorly written. So now we have this fucking spin back of guys, girls are bad. Because guys, girls were girls who were trying to escape being a feminine objectification. So now trying to find, again, there's the idea of like, you're not even a real gamer girl. 
You don't even really like it. You're just doing it for boys' attention. Mm-hmm. It's everyone does stuff to be liked. Like it's not it's not a thing. Being a guy's girl isn't a thing. Sometimes you just do stuff so that way people like you. It's just being a person. Yeah, and we don't have to label it. We don't have to make people, women in this case, feel shitty for trying to get attention because that's mm-hmm. what humans need. We need love. We need care. We need affection. And if we're going to say, yeah, we like sports, so that way we can hang out. Great. But here's the thing. Most importantly, any woman who's listening to this knows if you're faking anything, if you're faking being a gamer girl, being a sports girl, if you're faking being feminine, head-to-toe makeup heels because that's what your partner likes, you get miserable fast. And you, that's not something that stays. You don't, you can't keep that mask forever. And luckily we live in a time where we don't have to. I was just talking to my roommate about how lucky we are that we don't have to live in a time of a male partner saying, oh yeah, you can't do that. And us being like, yes, dear. I would laugh so hard if anyone told me that in a relationship, right? Like, okay, cute. Bye, I guess. Like, unless there's like some real logical reasons, right? Besides. Right. Alex, you can't, (laughs) Alex, you can't kill that person. It's just not rational. Fuck you. Go to the curb. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. It's just. So now we're at this point where we're just like keep backstepping and you hear this commentary a lot, I feel like, in feminine circles in the sense of you don't take the crown, you fix the crown. And I don't think this show does a good job of that. I think it's trying to continually pass around the crown when we should be fixing each other's. I got real mad during that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I get really upset about pinning women against each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that's really overdone and isn't creative. I will say the drama or the issues that they have going form forward from the show, mm-hmm. some of them are a little bit more less traditional conflicts, I think. They still, of course, since it's a girl show or something like that, there always has to be some sort of spat that's going on at any certain point of time. But I think, again, I, I'm with you in the sense that I think this is a show that tries to be a little bit more clever than it's trying to be at times. Like I said, it's, it tries to undermine some very poignant parts it has just for a joke. And I think that's a disappointing to say the least, mm-hmm. but I think there's still at least some value, even though they're definitely making fun of it. I enjoyed it for the humor. Cause obviously I'm not the main demographic. So maybe, <laughs> you know, I don't have a, a, you know, a foot to stand on with this, but I enjoyed it just in the sense that I love Kat Dennings and I love, oh no, I'm going to space her name now too. Which the one, one that plays uh, Miranda, I believe her. Madison, Brenda Song. Because she Brenda. was in Sweet Life. Brenda. She was <laughs> in Sweet in Life. Disney. She was Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Yeah, I've <laughs> like, I know her. She's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I think one of the characters that didn't get in enough screen time and then she does later on in this entire rest of the show is... Alice, Allison other Allison, B. other Allison B, also known as Izzy, she's if if like Stella and Miranda are like the two kind of like more one's more the business oriented woman, and then the other one's kind of like the party girl, and Julia's kind of like the introvert. Izzy's the the weird one. She's like yes, she is. When she when she opens up, she starts talking about a lot of weird stuff. Let me tell you what. So. I, I, I did like that character as well. I think her rushing up to Jules and being like, because the joke that's made at Womb is that there's Allison, Allison B, and other Allison B, which I'm, I reminded me of Heather's or reminded me of a fuck, Recess. Who were the mm-hmm. three girls? Ashley's? The Ashley's. Ashley's. The Ashley's. Yep. 
I, I, I think that's a really cute trope. I like seeing it every now and again. So other Allison B, who was also in Girls, I think, was her like big breakout. If I remember I correctly. Remember her, I remember in a show called Alone Together, which I'm not sure oh, if it was shit, you or someone. Of. Okay. Maybe that's yeah. what you're thinking of. Because I remember you talking about that. And I was like, oh, she's in this one for sure. Mm-hmm. That she rushes up to Jules and being like, oh my God, I have to tell you something. Because that's what also, there's like some, I think this club scene maybe is the most true to form of how girls operate in the sense of you get drunk, you dance together. And there was like this wholesome part where Jules is kind of like awkwardly dancing and then Madison who's been very upset her, at her this whole time they start dancing together and like everyone gets really into it and it's like they're having a good time because dancing everything's cures everything. fine yep and like that's I've been there done that but and then we have drunk Izzy coming up running up to Jules being like I have to tell you something my name's really isn't Allison B and like gives her like this whole backstory about how she lied just to like fit in with this group of people from day one and now no one knows who she really is and Jules is like okay um that's a lot. I'm going to go now. <laughs> we'll talk about her. this on Monday. <laughs> yeah. It just leaves her. And like the shout that, that Izzy has afterwards is like, secrets keep us closer. Or keep us close. Something ridiculous. I, uh, there were parts I liked. I think overall, mm. the, the missed mark of satire for me made me really dislike it. And again, something if that big asterisk at the beginning of the show or beginning of this description, is like, I don't like chick stuff usually. Which would make me a guy's girl, right? I don't like yeah. chick flicks. Mm-hmm. There's a few, I guess, romantic comedies like in chick flicks that I do like, but also I'd say they're not the ones that people tend to like. I like Hitch. I like um, Failure to Launch, How to Lose a Guy in Ten mm-hmm. Days. Oh, well, that was a pretty big one. But I mean, like the, the yeah. it's it's um, I don't like The Notebook. Like that's not my go-to chick flick. I don't if, if I emotional purge that that we yeah. need from those movies. And again, they have a valid point. They're just not my or my yeah. genre. You like the romance ones that have some like knowledge or logic behind the stuff wit. that they do. Yeah. I, I, I'm wit. a witty person. That's, mm-hmm. that's usually what it comes down to. And that's why and- I recommended this just because one, I had finished watching it at the time <laughs> we were doing recommendations Two, I know you're typically not like a girly girl. You obviously like pink and everything like that. And you have, <laughs> I think your, your f- quote unquote femme like attributes or whatnot you want to call it. But I know you're not like, Oh, absolutely like go this or this about certain things so i was like this will be like a good like little like level of like to gauge where where it falls at for sure i I feel like for those who haven't seen a stream before i have pink cat ear headphones i have a pink diva chair i usually wear pink like i'm looking around i have a pink water bottle it's that millennial pink too i fell right into that fucking trap hardcore Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. you like pink (laughs) like like is the word like like it's like it's a a soft word (laughs) you know and and i think i think once i stop being mad about the pilot episode i'll watch more and i even when it's i didn't watch ahead once I finished this, I looked ahead to see what the other topics were going to be. Because I could definitely tell it was a topic of the week. It's not really a... The overarching yeah. plot is that she's trying to reconnect with her friends. But, like, what's the drama of the of the week? And the one that I'm kind of excited to look at is Fuck Buddies. Because it's, it's, it's... Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it had that line, too, of, like, them trying to do satire in a way that made me frustrated of... Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in an age where monogamy shaming is the new slut shaming. And I'm like... What? Why? What? <laughs> yeah. Who do you hang out with? Like, what is this life that you mm-hmm. speak of? Um, and again, it just seems like there's a lot of maybe just unnecessary anger. And yeah. it's something that I thought of when my parents actually mentioned this about the Marvelous Miss Maisel. And that mm-hmm. it'd be funny if we got it. 
but we live in Montana. And yeah. <laughs> we're not a Jewish family that lives on the East Coast. And we never yeah. have been, never will be. So, like, there's just some humor that really misses the mark. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some of that for me here. Like, I bet if I had some LA friends watch this, I think they would probably really appreciate yeah. some of the humor here. This is definitely this is definitely a thing where, like, the writers only know LA things, so they have to write about them. They can't mm-hmm. write outside of their experiences. So it does a lot of digs on, like high population like that because there were a lot of times watching this show i was like yeah yeah the <laughs> relatable <laughs> relatable i guess yeah i've totally had that happen i don't get on yeah. tinder here and everyone's like just hook up and see you later it's not like that here in montana i can tell you that much if it is it's a very far and few between i feel like so many people say that about tinder of like we we it's, it's a hookup app, but, like, every person I talk to is like, oh, yeah, no, my serious boyfriend came from Tinder or mm-hmm. Bumble. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Like, what is, yeah. what's the truth behind Tinder? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And my guess yeah. is a lifestyle. People put shit in their bio. Yeah. is how you sell yourself. It's a mm-hmm. market. <laughs> exactly. I think I really enjoy it. And this is, like, when special, special guest stars always hook me in because there is an episode with Macaulay Culkin I in saw the, the show. I saw the thumbnail of it. <laughs> yeah. And... And I love that episode so much because it also does a dig on like true crimes as well, too. So that one's fun. And then they have a whole episode that's like dealing with, I think, uh, I think I can't remember. I- I'm pretty sure it's a women's right rights parade mm-hmm. march that's going on or a women's rights march. But they're doing a Wizard of Oz parody where she's going down the yellow brick road or, or like the yellow pathway road in her mm-hmm. like I think she's like not in ruby red slippers, but she's in like red Crocs or something like that. She's obviously wearing something red mm-hmm. and her boss is the Wicked Witch and stuff like that. And so it it turns into a whole thing. It's pretty good. Have you they ever watched, try to do that? Uh, have you ever watched Don't Mess With The Bee in Apartment? Oh, Fuck, th- uh, 13B or whatever it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not. I've heard that I need to just because it's kind of up my alley for that apparently too. But I think if you liked this, I think you'll like that. Uh, a lot of that like in kind of female humor, but not quite so hard on the satire as this is. I think Right. I really like uh, The Bee. I can't remember the name. I watched this years and years and years ago. But I it's, think it's um, more obvious what's supposed to be funny and what's satire i guess yeah they know they know where the line is at everything yeah um yeah it's uh chris uh kristen ritter because she is plays in breaking bad as... jessica jones mm-hmm. breaking jessica bad jones, and yeah. jessica jones mm-hmm. uh, yeah i love that actress and that's the other reason i need to go and watch it is because of her and james vanderbeek plays james vanderbeek, vanderbeek. Himself, yeah so. exactly i and i think maybe yeah. a while ago i posted like the best of christian ritter's like lines in that i'm like oh look at that that's giselle and facades of gods like there's just so many good like mean moments she <laughs> there's has. so many like bits yeah oh perfect so i i recommend that if you like this kind of genre of show uh i remember enjoying that but also it was kind of the same quality of like oh yeah it's not going to be the best show there's a reason it got canceled yeah but it's funny uh mm-hmm. it's more obvious that's meant to be funny Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I want to pick your brain about something real quick though. Yeah, pick it. I know we're really excited about Margot Robbie being Tank Girl, mm-hmm. but I think Kat Dennings would have also made a wonderful Tank Girl. Yeah, I love Kat Dennings. She's a great actress. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I don't hear a whole lot of negative things, but I have had you know friend groups and people say like 
Kat Dennings can be a little one note when it comes to stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but people say that about Kristen Stewart too. And a lot of people have warmed up to her as her career has gone through. And I think I've really loved her in like Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. I thought she was spectacular in that. Um, Mm -hmm. She's been in a lot of other things and she always plays like a sarcastic, like snarky person because that's just what she's, you know, drawn to or typecast typecast and that she's good at it. So, Hey, Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with being typecast. No. Like, people give it a lot of shit. Like, uh, excuse you, being typecast makes her very, very rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I would be typecast if I could yep. be that. Nick Cage is <laughs> typecasted as a crazy weirdo, and he's making, you know, movies every other month. So, hey. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, when I say I go back and forth if I like this, because now that I've vented all that, I'm like, it's not that bad of a show. Like, <laughs> You're like, this is what's I wrong just... with it. It's enjoyable. <laughs> it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable. Like, I... I I think I just have some real hair trigger issues about female dynamics, mm-hmm. probably because I don't have a lot of female friends. The being in a squad is very stressful to me because girls can just be mean and awful. And most of the time, most of the time I've ever been in a squad has ended poorly. <laughs> and I don't think that's so much a female thing. I think that's more just the personalities that were combined in right. it. But um, I'm like, who shit, who can I tell you is my closest female friend? yikes i don't know my roommate because we talk every day like um that's proximity not not feelings (laughs) (laughs) and this is the moment where like i relate to jules right in that sense of like oh wait uh, how many females do i hang out with Uh, i get i have close friends that i've been friends with since high school and we're the kind of people that we don't talk for a year but we'll send a text and we pick up where nothing went wrong they would be the people to pick me up at the terminal exactly but we also all have the personalities that go with that that we're just not very high maintenance friends and never have yeah, been exactly so i think the other the reason i thought this show was interesting because it the way they're doing the metaphors and everything that they're trying to create here for the jokes and everything reminds me of a, of an fx show uh man seeking woman a lot but i hated that and that i hated man seeking woman and i thought it was interesting <laughs> just because they were using all these weird horror amulet horror elements to like you know downgrade or just like parody off of like things in relationships i thought it was funny mm-hmm. i definitely haven't gone back to it since i watched it like you know years ago there were funny things about it but it definitely had some things where it's like well i mean they're trying to show this guy as being you know the pathetic guy but he's also toxic himself so it's like it, it, it misses the mark on a few things too i guess but it's an fx show so <laughs> I think the other show that could get grouped in that that's also an FX show was Last Man on Earth. That was a Fox show, uh, but yeah. Fox show. <laughs> Fucking hand job gesture, the same company. <laughs> One was network television. That... <laughs> Apologies. <Yeah. laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, again, kind of just has that same pacing to it and some of the same cinematography yeah. of it. I love Kristen Shaw. I was just like, oh, boy. And same, I like the lead guy in uh, Man, uh, Man Seeks Woman. Like I like that actor a lot. I think uh, he's oh, really Josh, funny. Josh Burnell, no, not Burchell mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. He, Pineapple Express. He yeah. was in those. <laughs> yeah, those movies. James James Franco, Seth Rogen movies. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's a hoot, but I just could not get into the rhythm of the show, that message, and it just might be it's just not my humor, which is fine, right? Like we cannot yeah. like stuff, whatever. I think that's a reoccurring theme here. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay not to like things. I but, think the reoccurring um, thing this season, obviously, is. I don't necessarily like we're getting it more into like the nitpicky stuff with you, obviously. And then there's me where I'm just like, I watch TV. If it's on, I'll watch it. So I'm like, yeah, it's all right. 
there hasn't been like a whole, is... whole lot that i've been super critical of except maybe like one or two shows and the rest i'm like yeah it was all right <laughs> not like oh i hated it or or we're like not getting too critical about it <laughs> i i am always critical i think it just was softened in season one because my co-host at that time was a lot more critical than i was <laughs> uh and so it softened my complaints a lot now i'm the mean one. Oh shoot so much <laughs> now we villainized you oh god oh, no. i'm okay being the villain all right I ain't got no beef there you go um well, and I, I just think that part of why I'm so glad that we're able to have other hosts on here to show me, because it's about me, <laughs> other shows, is that I get more experiences with different genres yeah. and different things and things that you find interesting that's different than what someone else thinks. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that even though I might not be super in love with all these shows, that's also kind of the point of this fucking show is to find stuff like, nope, this, I guess going back to the to the roots, right? Is this a bad pilot? It's not a bad pilot. Mm -hmm. It's 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 the job done. There's a lot of information in that first ten minutes, yeah. right, of a thirty minute episode. This is a Hulu original. Anymore with these any of these streaming original shows, the pilot isn't made before the rest of the show is. They pretty much just greenlight the entire show and then they just post it out there. So unfortunately, yes. when it comes to these shows, pilots aren't the biggest thing, unfortunately, anymore. So that makes it rough, but. Yeah, And I mean, I'm sure we could probably talk about the art of a pilot and what makes it enjoyable, or I'm sure someone else has done that. Mm -hmm. I, I I was just recently struggling trying to figure out why um, McElroy content, like my brother, my brother and me, Adventure Zone, like, why are they funny? Because I find them absolutely hysterical. But someone asked me why, I'm like, uh, they're just funny and like trying to explain how they use words is really difficult for me. <laughs> and uh, that could be a whole other, whole other podcast, but um, there's, there's definitely is an art to a pilot right and i think dollface hits those marks even mm -hmm. though it's not a traditional pilot because it's hulu and they, they can yeah. kind of just go yeah um that they they hit the rhythm of like okay you have your plot pretty early on you have a drama it gets resolved abc first second third act you're fine and you know the overarching plot is still in motion you're still in yep. act one of the like the big plot mm -hmm. so again it's not a bad pilot it's just, I don't think it's maybe the greatest show for me. I that, think I'm still going to watch fair. it. I think I'm going to watch this before I watch Harley. <laughs> Why don't you use <laughs> oh, that no. as a marker? Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, hmm. That's fair. I mean, again, yeah, it's it, it's got an interesting premise. And I think the wackiness of it is what I think is obviously their draw. They're like, hey, we've got a cat lady that's going to come see her every beginning of the episode because things. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like, they have her, like, I, I don't remember the context, but literally the cat lady's a host of this game show that literally, like, Cat Dennings comes out of her bathroom and then there's just a game show room and she's just, like, you know, doing this or other. So there's definitely those jokes or those quote-unquote metaphors they use at the very beginning opening to introduce mm -hmm. the concept for the rest of the episode and stuff like that, so. Have, have you watched Hunters yet? On Prime, the not Masculous. yet, not yet. Drew Ooh, has, okay. and, and he watched like I think got all the way through it. So that's on my list. I I, I want to talk about those cutaways that happen in Hunters in comparison to Dollface. So maybe that's our season finale recap. Is if you get to watch Hunters, we'll we'll talk about that. Oh, more homework. More homework. Oh darn. Oh, oh darn! Shucks. I have to watch more TV. Oh the... God, what a life! 
like I said, with those streaming shows and everything, they all come out like at once. So I'm like, great, I'll watch the whole season when I have the time because I will watch the whole season. First seasons for streaming services are the new pilots. <laughs> They've officially broke their prime mold. Usually it's eight episodes that are an hour long. This actually hits ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, ten. damn. And like well, the first episode's the... an hour and a half. Well, and I think The Boys was ten episodes long, if I remember correctly. I think it was too. eight. Was so I remember it? going back and after doing Carnival Row, like all the, the mm. last Car- Carnival Row, Row, Good Omens, Boys were all eight episodes. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting formula they have Good there. Omens, yeah. I think Good Omens was six, actually, if I recall mm. correctly. But yeah, I, yeah, that is interesting that it is a little bit longer. That's intriguing. So It's it's in, worth the time they put into it. But hmm. that's another show. That's another episode. Yeah. That's not right So, now. Alex, yeah. out of... Eight cats. What would you rate this? <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, Can't do nine because because this didn't have that many lives. <laughs> Let's see. This is hard because now, like, I want to get persnickety. Like, is it what I think it is, or do I think for like what the show deserves? Ah, uh, well, this is our show, so you can <laughs> You're right. you can all choose, about me, motherfuckers. Uh, it's our <laughs> opinions. Um, it's all it's all objective at this point in time. You're right, and and we uh, have no leg to stand on. I feel, <laughs> yep. I feel like after the amount of uh, critiquing you gave it, I feel like you can give a fairly objective uh, rating for it since you, yeah. you laid it out there. I always want to do halves. I just need to commit. Um, I'm between if four. Get, if you get halves, <laughs> if you do halves, that's going to be a really messy cat. No one wants that. <laughs> You're right. You can't just give half a cat. Um, no. Nope, so I'm between four and five. Like that's that's that range I'm between. And I think if I'm listening to my heart, it's four. I'm, it's it's four. it's four cats out of eight. Because I there really think satire is a really difficult difficult genre. I remember learning that yeah. in high school about how Mark Twain still to this day doesn't always get understood for satire. Yeah. I think I think you and I have talked about this before or I've I've talked about it with other people and when people you know express something using the term satire they don't actually know what satire is anymore and I'm not going to toot my own horn and say I know what satire is either but typically a lot of the time if it they just use that to just as much as they use the term ironic it's yes like, it's not ironic. It's not satire. It's probably something else. But the amount of stuff they go with this does have an overlaying undertone of satire. Mm-hmm. Again, I, there's potential there. I just, I, I have those issues. And I think uh, it doesn't make me unique. I know a lot of women talk about these issues of standing up for each other, not villainizing each other. And I guess it may be something too I didn't mention. I should have mentioned. Yeah. I think Madison's totally in the right. Like Madison has every right to be fucking mad at jewels oh yeah i i mean they haven't been effectively friends for about five years since she's been in that relationship and is expected to do the emotional labor of taking care of her after a breakup like that's a huge mm-hmm. ask and mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's good like the first reintroduction of of both of them she shows up at her door <laughs> madison immediately's like oh my god he dumped you and she's like what no, no i came to see you Slam. and then the doors close on her <laughs> yeah like like she knows immediately and julie's in the wrong for like trying to like you know try to like just sweep it under the rug like oh yeah no no of course we're still friends which is deals with her own insecurities and blah 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 which i'm sure gets explored um so when i talk about like hey random women thing that i don't like about this i do like that they gave madison agency and she has the right and you have the right if your friend treats you like shit during their relationship 
Again, there's unconditional love, but there can also be setting up boundaries. Yeah. Not to mention, I mean, she effectively works at, like, some sort of, you know, female, all-women's, like, work. I think it's effectively, like, a fashion, like... Mm -hmm place but she doesn't even have any work friends there either she doesn't have any gal friends and she works in an all females like mm-hmm. environment which is crazy to me i mean i can't imagine i'm, I'm a little bit social so i can't <laughs> imagine just like going to work and not being social or like maybe going to like a dinner with any of those people like not even just like feeling it out but i'm 50 50 on the extrovert introvert scale so depends on the type of day I, I, yeah, I, I think I could probably keep trashing and complaining about aspects of the show, but there are some points that are valid there. It is creative and that whole kind of wacky Alice in Wonderland, this is a whole other world. I wish they would have leaned more into that episode one, because when I watched the trailer, I thought there was going to be a lot more of it as a heavy tone and it seems more of a highlight. Yeah. And I'm like, I just wish it would have been a little weirder. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the entire show. Yeah. And I feel like they, I feel like it still does that. It's still gives itself enough leniency with the weirdness at times um but you know those cold opens are definitely obviously the weird portion where they have to introduce things Mm -hmm. but they sometimes lean into it a little bit more throughout it and this the overall awkwardness that is kat denning's character in the show too and and who knows maybe they meant to lean more into the weirdness but some producers i was like nope too weird not gonna sell nope too weird don't like it make it normal make it less weird keep the cat lady she funny though (laughs) she funny though so like honestly we don't know what the process was beforehand we what we do know is that writing is hard and writing a show would be even harder and it goes through so many edits and approvals from networks and from companies who are giving Mm. money to this so like this was not the first draft there's a reason for it whether it was on the behalf of the writer the director or the producers like there's a reason it ends up coming out like this i just oh absolutely misses the mark for me yep well maybe you should watch an episode of dollface and then go watch an episode of harley quinn back to back and see how you feel between both of them i feel like it would be i feel like they do would do each other a good service in that sense i don't know i feel like you just want to want me to watch more harley quinn but then what would i compare other shows to like how long it's gonna take me to watch it before i watch harley quinn all i know is it's gonna be a good follow-up episode when I finally have you actually follow up and see if you did watch it or not. Gotta keep you on your toes, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, by the time this comes out, the second half of the, you know, part two or whatever they are going to call it, part two, season two of Harley Quinn will be out. So you'll have even more to watch. Yay. <laughs> so excited. Like, super excited. Wow. <laughs> uh, this is fun. I'm glad we do this. Oh, yes. Me too. Let's see. What stuff can I slap real quick? We do stuff. We do a lot of stuff. We do streams and stuff sometimes. So like I'm on Twitch and I do video game streams. So if you want to watch me play scary games and make other comments that what was I went on a huge tirade this last week about something. I won't mention it because it's gonna be fucking months before you guys hear about this. <laughs> and, and if you want more updates, you should follow us on Twitter at NSR Podcasts, where all of the good, good information comes out as soon as possible, as soon as our producer puts it up there, at least. And you know what? If you're feeling particularly, particularly chatty, you can follow us on the Twitter machine. Yeah, you can hear my random tirades. Well, not tirades, just 
miscellaneous comments on the Twitter at the handle Eteshaw or anywhere else that matters. And you can hear me go off about really random social stuff sometimes <laughs> uh, at Roll for Alex. And if you're feeling even more chatty and you're like, wow, Alex, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Ethan, hey, man, let's talk borderline sometime. Uh, come join our Discord. It's pretty rad. We have some fun fan channels and such there. But you can also go there to tell us how wrong we are, even though we know we're right. Um, Absolutely fucking right. Fuck, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Give your pulse a tug, to fucker. Oh, letter Kenny. Okay, we're not going to end on that fucking note. Um, but please follow <laughs> us on Discord. It's a good, good time. The link is in our yes. show notes. Psst. This is the insert that John adds when I forget to credit our theme song properly. Our theme is Astronaut by the Spin Wires from their Nights Out EP. <laughs> Alright, let's end it. <laughs> Alright. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-beep. <laughs>